What's going on at 11.30? How you guys doing today? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're so glad that you're joining us today. Can we also give it up for all of our family that's watching us online right now? Come on, let's give it up for them. Man, we love you guys. We miss you guys. We can't wait for you to be back with us. But uh, we are beginning a brand new series today called The Fight of Your Life. And if you don't know what a series is, it's basically we're, we're gonna stay on a certain theme throughout a period of time. And so over the next six or seven weeks, we're gonna be talking about this idea of that there is a fight that is out there that all of us are gonna face. And how do we end up and how do we live victorious in the battles of life that we're going to face? Because here's what I know, is that I know that God wants us to be victorious in some areas where we're getting defeated right now. And so we're gonna be studying a passage of scripture scripture out of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. In fact, I'm going to read it right now to get us started. You can follow along. You can follow the scripture will be up on the screen, or you can just uh, follow along in your Bible. It says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and rulers and authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so today we're gonna be focusing on verses 10 and 11 of this passage. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And we're gonna learn how to be prepared for the battle. We're gonna be talking today about how do we get prepared for the fight of your life. And so one of the things, if you've been around Coastal any amount of time, if you're new here, one of the things I like to do is I like to always understand kind of what's happening in the passage of scripture that we're gonna be studying. And so uh, we've done this in some other series that we've done and we're gonna spend the next six or seven weeks in this. And so it's always good for you to understand like who is writing this, what is happening and, and, and how can that fit in. And so you have to understand that the Bible was written over a period of 1500 years by about 40 different authors, all we believe inspired by God. So God breathed the words into them, they wrote it down. And so this particular passage, the author of this passage is a guy named Paul. Now, to understand Paul, you have to understand who he was before his name was changed to Paul. His name was actually Saul. And at that time, he was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a a devout religious leader. In fact, He hated Christians, and he hated Christians so much that he was persecuting them. He was putting them to death. I mean, just like a a bad dude for the movement of of faith. And uh, he had this encounter with God, and it radically transforms his life. God actually has him change his name to Paul. And and after he changes his name to Paul, he ends up being one of the early leaders of the church. He actually writes about a third of the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible. And so a pretty significant, 
significant life. It also tells me that no matter how bad you've been or no matter what harm you've done in life, that a life that gets submitted to God can be used to do some powerful things. So, so maybe you walked in here today and you're like, man, I, I'm just so messed up. There's no way that God would ever accept me or love me. Like this dude was killing people. And God turned his life around and used him to build his church so there's hope for your life. And so the, the next question I ask isn't just like who the author is, but who is the audience? And in this case, the audience is Christians in Ephesus. If you've ever wondered, like, why does the Bible have all these weird names for books in it, like Ephesians and Corinthians and Galatians? It's because they represented different people groups at, the, at that time. And so this was actually to a group of people in the city of Ephesus, and Ephesus was a thriving metropolis in his day. It was a port city. It was an international city. A lot of trade went through there. A lot of culture was formed and developed from there that went out into the world. So uh, Paul had actually gone there and planted a church. It became this thriving church. It would be what we would call a mega church today. And so here's this scene in Ephesus of this metropolis city with lots of international influence and this thriving church that's making a difference in their community. It kind of reminds me of this little church in Parkland that I know of. And so it's kind of the context. That's what's happening there. And so the context of this is, I, this is the third question I asked myself, like, what is the context? And he's writing in chapter six about this topic that we'll be discussing for the next couple weeks. And it's the topic of spiritual warfare. So he's explaining to them that there is more going on than you really think is going on in life. He's giving them some insight into what is happening behind the scenes of life that they can't see with their two eyes. The best way for me to explain it is, is, is this, is, is I'm not very technically advanced in life. I'm not, I'm not super computer literate in all of those things. Like technology is not my friend, uh, it's actually Shayla's friend. So like, where are my people that don't like technology? We're not good at it. Like you have to have somebody else set up your phone, all that kind of stuff. Okay, there's a few of us in here. The rest of you all are geeks. I get it. I, I understand. Maybe not. Maybe you're just better than I am. But I remember the day that Shayla started to explain to me the cloud. It's an interesting day. <laughs> she goes, TJ, there is this place where all of these files that you have on hard drives here that can go bad, like you can take those and put those in the cloud and you can get them anytime you want. I was like, that's awesome. Like, where is the cloud? She's like, it's just out there. And I'm like, out where? She's like, it's, it's just out, all of your music, all of your photos, it's just there. You just gotta trust me on this. I think the same thing is true of spiritual warfare. There is stuff that is out there that you can't see that you just gotta know that is happening in life. Like there is a real enemy that is out there and we have, that is trying to attack us and we have got to deal with this enemy. And let me just kind of pause right here because there are some people that will take this to the extreme and they believe that the devil is around every bush, he's around every corner, he's around every bad thing that is happening to them in life. And let me just say it very clearly to everybody that's here and everybody that's watching online. Not everything you're dealing with is spiritual. Amen. Like it's just not. Not everything that is happening to you in life is because of the devil. Like the devil did not make you go back into that toxic relationship. That was all you, sister. 
Like the devil did not make you go broke. That was you stopping every day at Starbucks for a $6 drink. Don't blame that on the devil. That was all you. The devil did not make you fat. That was your partnership with Burger King that you've been on for the last three years. Like we can't blame it all on the devil. There's some things that we just do in and of ourselves. Can we all be real there? But there is a spiritual war that is happening in your life. Because if you were to get honest with yourself, you would go, you know what, there are some areas of my life that I should be experiencing victory in, but I'm not. Like there are some areas of my life where I should be further along, but it seems like I'm just up against the wall all the time trying to move forward. Like, let me say it like this. Like, it should not be that hard to pray. Like, it shouldn't be that hard to raise our hands in worship. Why is it that hard to pray? It's because there is an enemy that is out there that knows that there is breakthrough on the other side of that prayer. Like, there is an enemy that is out there that is trying to keep you from the potential of the future of your prayers. He's doing everything within his power to hold you back. Like, this is way more spiritual than we think, and it is a battle like it should not be that hard to give like God has blessed you and out of the overflow to we give to God but why don't we because there are some spiritual strongholds that are out there that are trying to keep us from the blessing of God like it shouldn't be that hard to raise your children to love God with all their heart soul mind and strength but it seems like we're battling every day against culture in the world why because there is a spiritual battle that's going on for the future of your children So I want you to know, church, it is way more spiritual than you think. And some, at some point, at some time, the light bulb has got to go on in our minds and go, man, there is something happening on another level that I am not keenly aware of. And you gotta recognize that there is an enemy that hates you. He hates God, and he's coming after us because he knows the potential on the other side of our life. So you have to know that there is a war that is happening. And every single one of us in this room is in one of two categories. We're either in the middle of a battle right now, and you're fighting, and you're fighting with all of your might and all of your strength, and I want you to know that in this series, you're gonna learn some things, you're gonna learn some tools, you're gonna learn some principles that is gonna help you experience victory in that battle you're facing right now. Then there's some of you right now that are listening to this and you're going, man, my life is great. My life is awesome. It seems like everything's all calm and all good. And it would be really, really easy for you to tune this out and go like, you know what? I don't really need any of this because my life is grand. But here's what I know. I have a great Dane at our house. His name is Preacher. And when I'm at home and Shayla and I are hanging out and we don't see Preacher anywhere and he's not sleeping somewhere around us and we don't hear any noise from him, you know what we know? We know that he is in another room destroying that room. Like, he is chewing up shoes and eating underwear. It is not good. And I just want you to know that when everything seems calm and everything seems all good, that there is an enemy that is in the next room of your life. Reckon some things up right now, because he knows you're about to step into a season and there is gonna be a battle on your hands. So you better get battle ready, church.
You better get ready. So let me help you out today. Three points will be short and sweet of how God has told us to get ready for the battle of our lives. Number one is this. You have to know who your enemy is. You've got to know who your enemy is. Nobody is gonna walk into this thing blindly and go, put me in the ring, I'm ready to go without knowing who the enemy is. Like, like if I see my boy, come over here, come on, come on, come on. Like, this is a man. The rest of us, we're just, we're just, we're posers, okay? Like, like I, I, before I get in the ring, I wanna see the dude I'm fighting. If I see him, I'm not fighting. <laughs> but we need to know, if we're gonna go into battle, don't you wanna know what your enemy is? Yeah. Don't you wanna know who he is? Don't you wanna know what you're up against? Okay, you can go sit back down. <laughs> Stop intimidating everybody, making us feel bad. In this passage in Ephesians chapter six, it tells us exactly who our enemy is. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against your mother-in-law. <laughs> that's not what your Bible said. That's what, that's what my Bible said. She's more intimidating than he is. No, I'm just... <laughs> It says, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. It's against the devil's schemes. See, we have a real enemy. And let me tell you about our enemy. See, our enemy, he, he is destructive. Everywhere he goes, there is a path of pain and destruction that follows him. I learned this a couple of years ago when we had Hurricane Irma come through South Florida and predominantly the Keys and we were doing a lot of relief effort and bringing down supplies and water. And I remember traveling down to the Keys and as we were, we were driving down there looking where the path of the hurricane had come and as we were driving down on one side of the interstate, you could see where the hurricane had come because every tree that was upright was all snapped over in one direction. Like it was like, oh my gosh, how did every tree get snapped in half all pointed south? Like that's crazy. And then we drove a little bit further where the eye of the storm had come and it was like perfect. And then a little bit further, we, we got to a point where every tree on the opposite side of the road was snapped in the opposite direction. And it was like, you could actually see the path of destruction that the hurricane had had. I just wanna get your attention, church, because my heart grieves because I am watching paths of destruction in people's marriages, I'm watching passive destructions in, in, in people's children. I'm watching it in their finances. I'm watching it in the relational world where you're sitting there going like, man, I, I didn't necessarily see the hurricane, but I see where the hurricane went through. Like, I did not see the enemy, but I see the destruction of the enemy and the path of destruction that he left in people's lives. And we need to know that this enemy is serious and he's serious about destroying your life. That's why John 10, 10 says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. Listen, we love the second half of that verse. We're like, but Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Yeah, we'll take that promise. But we forget that there is an enemy on the other side that his three goals is to steal, kill, and destroy. He's destructive. Not only is he destructive, but he's deceptive. 
Man, he is sneaky. If you think the devil is walking around with, with a pitchfork and some horns on his head and a tail coming out of the bag with a cape on, looking all goofy, that is Hollywood's version of our enemy. And they portray him like that because they want you to think that he's gonna be easily recognizable. But he's way craftier and way sneakier than that. That's why 2 Corinthians tells us, and no wonder for Satan himself masquerades. He masquerades as an angel of life. So here's how he shows up. He shows up looking good. But there is a mess that always follows him. Let me say it to the single people like this. Not everything that looks good is good. Listen, you just look around our society today and, and, and this isn't meant to be anything other than what I'm gonna say it is. There are a lot of phrasing and wording that looks good and looks right and sounds good and sounds right, but if you were to look behind it, there's gonna be a mess that follows. Because not everything that looks good is actually good. And we have an enemy that he is crafty and he is sneaky and he is deceptive. And behind the scenes, there is way more than what you're actually seeing. Our enemy is also determined. He is so determined. You would think that a God that got defeated by Jesus' death and resurrection from the grave would have given up at this point. But you know what? He's still going. Like he is determined beyond determined, but while he's a defeated foe, you know what he's been doing for the last 2,000 years? He's been trying to defeat as many people as he possibly can. And I wish that the Christians of Coastal Community Church were as determined as our enemy is. Man, I wish we would get the fortitude that when we get knocked down in life, we wouldn't go, oh man, I'm out. We'd go, no, I may be knocked down, but I'm gonna get back up. There is nothing that's gonna stop me because I got the God of the universe on my side. And while the enemy may punch me, he may kick me, I'm gonna keep going, I'm gonna keep pressing on because that's what we do. We're as determined as he is. First Peter 5a, it says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's coming after you and he's determined, church. He's determined. Why is he so determined? Here's why, because he knows the potential of your future. He's not coming after you because he knows your past. He's not coming after you because he knows your mistakes. He's coming after you because he knows the potential of your future and he's gonna try to do everything he can to keep you from the thing that God created you to do. So we have got to be determined because you've got to recognize that what it must be on the inside of you is so much greater than what's happening on the outside of you and you got to keep pressing on in that moment. Man, I'm, I'm definitely preaching better than the seven people over here think I am. So we have to know our enemy. Then number two, you got to know your part. You got to know your part. You have a part to play in this thing. You have a part to do to walk in victory. You're not out of the, this thing you, and go, oh, you know what, I'm just gonna let, I'm just gonna let, 
it just play out. Like, or a lot, like a lot of Christians, you know what? I, I don't believe in spiritual warfare, so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna stick my head in the sand and I'm gonna believe that nothing is happening. The only problem is, is when you stick your head in the sand, you got a big old target on your butt. And you are about to get your butt kicked. A lot of us are like, well, if, if, if God's on my side, I'll just let him fight. And God's going, no, you have a part to play. Ephesians 6.10, it says this, finally, be strong. See, that's the part that we have to play. We have to be strong. And in the natural, here's what I know. If you're weak and you're getting ready to go into battle, you know what you do? You get prepared, right? You go, you start training, you start equipping yourself, you start going to the gym, you start strengthening yourself for the battle that you know you're going to face and you're gonna do whatever it takes in preparation to win that war, right? So what you're gonna do. The problem is, is that this is not a natural war, this is a supernatural war. So what works in the natural does not work in the supernatural. So if you prep in the natural for a supernatural fight, you know what's gonna happen? You're gonna get your butt kicked every time. So let me explain this to you. Nicole, do you wanna come up here? So here's what it looks like in our culture today. Some of you are missing this idea. So, so, so Nicole's gonna help me here in just a second because there are so many people you, you hear this, like you gotta get prepared for your part. And, and the phrase that we use all the time in culture is you gotta be strong. Like be strong. Hey, you just need to be strong. It's like when you're, when you're sad and people tell you, hey, just be happy. <laughs> like that works really great, doesn't it? Like I'm sad. Hey, just be happy. Like your marriage is a mess right now. Hey, I, here's what I need you to do. I need you to just be strong. And listen, you can be happy for a little bit and you can be strong for a little bit, but at some point what is gonna happen is you're gonna get to a place of failure. Yeah. It's inevitable because you can only be happy for so long and you can only be strong in and of yourself for so long. So, so Nicole's gonna help me out here. Nicole is a CrossFit athlete and so we have high hopes for her here in this moment. Uh, and so Nicole is gonna do some strict max effort pull-ups for me here. And uh, she's, gonna, she's gonna pump out about 37 of them right now. Some of you are like, I can't even do a pull-up and I'm a man. Nicole's gonna make you feel bad. So, so Nicole, no, no kipping there, Nicole. So, so here's what we do. We go, you know what, just be strong. I know you're going through a divorce right now. Just be strong. I, I, I know your, your business is a mess. Just be strong. Come on, power through it. And what happens is, is, is you keep powering through, but at some point, you get to this place where your arms start shaking a little bit. Okay, or not. How many are we gonna do here? <laughs> and some of you guys, here's what happens. You can't necessarily, you don't, don't do anymore, don't make me look bad. <laughs> you can't do any more pull-ups, but you're just barely hanging in there. And here's what I know, is that some of you walked into church today and you're just barely hanging in there. Man, life has been difficult. The battle has been hard. You're overwhelmed. You're fatigued. And you're just barely hanging on by a thread.
Just hang it on. And the world will tell you, man, I know the divorce is hard. Just power through it. I know your kid's going off and doing those crazy things. I just need you to power through it. Come on, just be strong. But that's not what Paul is saying in this passage. Paul isn't saying like, listen, the power, if the power is in you, your power is not gonna last very long, but you need to put your power and your hope into something that has greater power than you. Because if the power is in and of yourself, you're always going to get to a place of failure. That's why if we go back to that verse, Ephesians 6.10, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. See, there, there's a big difference between being strong in you and being strong in the Lord. There is a huge difference between being strong in your strength and being strong in the Lord's strength. And, and it's, it, it's this idea, what he's trying to get us to get is it's the idea that God wants to be your strength. In fact, if you were to look at every single passage where the Bible tells us to be strong, there's always a caveat with it that God will be with you in that situation. It's not about you being strong in and of yourself. It's about in that situation, there is a God that will strengthen you and hold you and get you through that situation. It's why we read verses like Joshua 1, 9, where Joshua is about to lead the children of Israel and we hear the verse, be strong and courageous. We're like, yeah, let's be strong and courageous. But we forget the second half where he says, God will be with you wherever you go. See, it's not you that can do it. It's God that can do it. Then you look at Psalm 73, 26, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is my strength. You want strength? Go to him. How about Habakkuk 3, 9? The sovereign Lord is my strength. Where do we get our strength? It is in God. Isaiah 35 says to those with fearful hearts, be strong and don't fear. God will Come. Let me just tell you something, church. It's not about your strength. It's not about your ability. It's not about your skills. It's not about your talent. It's about you inviting God's strength in the midst of the hard moments and the hard times in your life. It's about you understanding that God wants to work more. And so, so let me kind of explain Ephesians 610 to you again. I want I want you guys to get this understanding. And so Nicole, you want to you want to jump back up there so we'll have some fun here. And so what it's about is is you get up there and you're you're doing this and it's not about your strength, but it's about those times that you spend in prayer. It's about those times that you spend in worship. It's about those times that you spend in his word. And all of a sudden, you realize that, man, I'm not putting in much effort here. There must be something else that's helping me out in this life. There must be something that is, that is empowering me and equipping me and giving me the strength that I need to be able to do the things that I can't do on my own because there is a strength that is greater that is working in me that I can be working in myself. See, see, being strong in the Lord isn't about God giving you strength, church. Some of y'all, your prayer to God is, is God give me strength. Give me strength. But God doesn't want to give you strength. 
God wants to be your strength. He's just waiting for you to go, you know what, I'm gonna get to this place of surrender. And here's the crazy thing that'll happen when you start to do this. When you start to do this, people will look at you and go, I don't understand how you're so successful in business. Like, I'm doing the same things that you're doing, but what they're not seeing is the time that you're spending in worship. What they're not seeing is that prayer that you've been doing for years and years and years. And they're going, why am I not having the financial success? Because you're not doing the things behind the scenes that enact the spirit of God to start working in your life, to start giving you a leg up when everybody's got a leg down and life. I almost threw you off of there, didn't I? You better hold on there, Nicole. And people will look at your life and they'll go, you know what? It must be because of your routine. The reason you're so successful is, is that routine that you have. Yeah, it's my routine of seeking God. See, because I realized a long time ago, that is not by might, nor by power, but is by his spirit, says the Lord. And some of us, we need to realize that it's not about what we can do, it's all about what he can do. You can drop off. Come on, give it up for Nicole. Think about David in the midst of his greatest trial, in the midst of his greatest tragedy, at a moment where even his officers wanted to kill him. This is what he said. He said, in Samuel 30, he says, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters, but David found strength in the Lord his God. Church, we gotta start relying more on his strength. That's what it means to be strong in the Lord. Love what 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says. It says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest in me. See, my greatest strength is found at the point of my greatest surrender. And church, your greatest strength is going to be found at the point of your greatest surrender. That's why we'll end this service a little bit differently today with some worship. That's why worship is so important in your life. Some of y'all think worship is the warm-up to the message. Worship is the warm-up for the battle of your life. Because it's in that moment where, where this is the perfect picture where you go, God, I don't have any more strength to pull. So I'm going to let go of my might and I'm going to surrender to you. Because I realize I need you to grab my hand and lift me up to do what I can't do and what only you can do. So church, we got to know our enemy. We have to know our part. And number three, you have to know your odds. Because if I'm getting in a fight, I want to know if my odds are low or if my odds are high. Like, I will jump in the ring if I can see that guy first. And so you got to know what your odds are. Can you do well? Can you win this thing? And I think there are times in life where we have to evaluate and see what are the odds. 
And I need you to hear this and I need you to understand this, everybody that's watching online right now. The odds are very, very, very against you in the natural. Like they just are. If we're in a spiritual war, we are fighting against an enemy for thousands of years has caused chaos and destruction and pain and hurt and genocide and disease. Like this dude is good at his job. Like he excels. And you know what that means? That we're supposed to fight him. Some of you are like, wait, TJ, you're saying we're not fighting against culture, we're not fighting against life, we're actually fighting against a real enemy? Yes. And the odds are stacked against you. The odds of your marriage making it, very slim. The odds of your children growing up and following Jesus, super slim. The odds of your business being a massive success, slim to none. It's a really encouraging message right here, isn't it? <laughs> the odds of you changing the world, slim. See, if you look at this as a scale of one to 10, one being I have no shot at all, and 10 being like, man, I can overcome this in my own strength, Every single one of us in every single area of life started at one. Why? Why, TJ? Because the difficulty is measured by the capacity of the agent doing the work. And if you look at this, if it's a, a battle between you and an enemy, we lose because the agent's doing the work in and of ourselves, like we don't have the capacity by ourselves to defeat this enemy. But I've got good news for you today, church, that we don't just go into the battle by ourselves, but there is more to this equation. When we add God to the equation, the all-powerful, the all-knowing, omnipotent God of the universe, this goes from, when God gets out of the equation, the problem goes from difficult to easily doable, church. And that's good news for you and me today. Because with God on your side, with him, with you, you can have freedom. You can have that dream career. You can have children that are raised in the, the principles and the precepts of God. You can have that marriage that you've always dreamed of. And I think Paul right here, he's opening up this passage and saying, hey, listen, you're all involved in a war. You better understand that. And you're going to have to battle in this war. And the preparation that you're gonna have to make is you're gonna have to learn to rely on God. Growing up, I, I, I loved wrestling. WWF wrestling was like my jam. It's now WWE, it's not the same. I liked it when it was the F. And uh, like I grew up on Hulk Hogan, Randy Macho Man, Savage, Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man, the ultimate warrior. I mean, we can go, we can even go back old school, Junkyard Dog, Jimmy Superfly, Snook. I, like I loved it all. The Heart Foundation. I mean, it just like I, as a kid, I would I watch a cartoon on Saturday morning. I'd have like that stretchy action figure. I I, I just love. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was real. Maybe it is. I don't really know. Uh, it's probably not. Uh, <laughs> 
But one of my favorite things was always the tag team matches. I always thought that there was way more drama. There was way more intrigue in the tag team matches. And there was always this point of every great tag team match where there'd be a guy that's in the ring and the other team is just beating the snot out of him. He just seems like this guy is on the verge of being defeated. Like he has no more strength. He has no more will. Like it is going to end at any moment. And there would always be this point in the great tag team match where, where he would recognize that like he had somebody in his corner and if he could just get to his corner it would be a game changer and you start to see him crawl and scrape and do whatever he could and there would always be this moment in the match where where he would stretch out his arm it's it's like the reach of all reaches and he would stretch it out as far as he could and a lot of times he'd be falling and it would just boom smack the other guy's hand he'd jump in over the rope he'd defeat the guy in the ring he'd knock the guy that is uh, the other tag team partner off and he'd win the entire match and the entire momentum was turned church that is what worship does it's what it does some of you are sitting in this room and you come in here every week and you're like, I have no idea why all these people are raising their hands up front. Like, do they have questions about something? Is there, is there a problem? No, no, no. See, they don't, they don't have questions. These are people that have realized that they're tired and they're burned out and they're worn out and they've gotten to the end of themselves they've said, I, I don't have any more of me. I need more of you, God. Less of me and more of you, more of your power, more of your strength, more of your spirit, more of your presence in my life. Less of me and more of you. And I believe for some of you, he wants to fill your life with his power and his presence his love, his mercy, his strength here today. Some of you are here today and you're like, TJ, man, I, I, I need God's strength. Man, I have been through the ringer. And I've been battling in the natural, but I'm realizing that this is a supernatural battle. And my strength is not enough. I need some supernatural strength. I need the strength of God in my life. And here's what I wanna do, and I wanna end this a little bit different, is I wanna invite you to stand up here in this place, and we're gonna take a moment, and we're gonna tap into the supernatural strength of God that comes through us surrendering in worship. And so I'm gonna just challenge you, maybe you don't feel comfortable, if you just slip your hands up as we worship, as we sing this song.
all stay in this moment of worship. We're gonna sing, I believe you're still moving. I believe you're still working. Come on, church, let's let's press in in this moment. Let's let's experience the presence of God. Let's experience the strength of God. So we still believe. Come on, let's sing this together. I still believe and believe it today. I still believe you're moving. Yeah. pastor here give you an opportunity to experience the greatest miracle that there is and that's the miracle of new life in Jesus Christ that there is a God that saw you in the middle of your struggle he saw you in the moments that you were just hanging on by a thread he knew that that moment was gonna come and he said I didn't want them to experience a powerless life and so 2,000 years ago in advance He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to pay the price that you and I could not pay, to die the death that you and I deserve so that we can experience life and life to the full, like it says in John 10, 10. And maybe you're here today and maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, you go, you know what? I need to experience new life in God. I need to surrender my will. I need to surrender my way. And I need to submit my life to this God that loved me so much that he gave, and I'm not talking about rules or religion, I'm talking about a relationship with the creator of the universe who wants to strengthen you, who wants to empower you, who wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit and change the direction of your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're out there today and you say, you know what, TJ, I need to make that decision for the first time or the first time in a long time, it begins with a simple yet significant prayer. If you just slip your hand up at the count of three, I'd love to be able to pray for you. One two, three. Go ahead and slip your hand up. Yes, I see you back there. Thank you. Yes, sir. Two. Anybody else? Yes, three, four. Anybody else? Come on. Back there. I see you. Five. Yes. Yes, six. I see you back there. Thank you. Anybody else? If you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, this is the most important moment of your life. I promise you. you just say this. Jesus, thank you so much for giving your life on the cross for mine. 
God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I ask you to come into my heart, come into my life, take over. I surrender my will, I surrender my way, and I say, God, lead me, guide me, direct me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to live in your love, in your grace, in your mercy. And God, I know that I'm in the middle of the struggle. I surrender right now. Would your strength become my strength? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask for strength. I'm gonna ask that, God, you would be my strength right now. I wanna follow you all the days of my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give it up for everybody that just made that decision. It's the most important decision. I want you to know right now, church, there is a party going on in heaven for every person that just made that decision. Like they are celebrating like crazy right now. Like they are way out doing us. I'm just letting you know. But I want you to know that if you made that decision, you just made the most important decision of your life. And as a church and as a family, because that's what we are, we're a family here. That's why we're Coastal Community Church. We're a community, we're a family. We wanna help you, we wanna resources you resource you. We want to help you walk this journey of faith. And so right after service, if you would stop by the hub, which is directly across from the coffee bar, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to put some resources in your hands and be able to walk this journey with you to help you know the decision that you made here today and how to move forward with that. Because here's what I know is God's got some big things for you, but there is an enemy that is out there that wants to keep you from all of that. And church, I just want you to know, man, this series is going to be fire. You better, you better come back. I've been, I've been studying for this here. I'm like ready to preach next week's message. So you better come back next week. Bring a friend. Bring somebody you want to beat up. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is. We're going to have some fun here at church. Man, God bless. Have an incredible weekend. We love you guys.